You're listening to The Great Iron Show, and we are only two days away from the new NFL season starting. We are out in Chicago, Illinois, ahead of Thursday night football, the Chicago Bears against the Green Bay Packers. Will Gavin and Matt Sherry will be previewing the season and previewing that game on Thursday. Plus, we'll be hearing from Alan Robinson and from Ha Ha Clinton Dix of the Chicago Bears. This is The Great Iron Show. Okay, thank you for listening to The Gridiron Show. As always, check us out at Gridiron on Twitter. Coming up over the next couple of days, you've got a plethora of podcasts coming out. There's still another college pod to come this week and our first edition of the NFL 100 podcast, which will be coming for you over the next couple of days. Plus, on Friday, myself and Matt Sherry will review Thursday night football with our locker room interviews and preview all of Sunday and Monday night's games. But, um, yeah, on Monday night, uh, myself, Will Gavin... That's my name. I'm going to say it. Sorry if that offends you, Matt Sherry. Uh, were at, in Chicago here in Illinois, and I was doing my show on Talk Sport. And Matt joined me for a full hour of the show as we previewed the season. So there may be some things that are a bit more layman's term because it's for a Talk Sport audience here. But we thought it was some good, fun content. So we thought we'd bring you a little extra podcast with our predictions for the season, our preview of Thursday night. So this was me and Matt Sherry. Say hello. Hey, guys. On Talk Sport for your delectation. City Mike has got in touch on Twitter. He's a regular to the show. Uh, he's interacting with the mighty Lee Clapper right now. Lee Clapper? That's Lee McIntyre. I'm thinking of the owner, Justin Clapper. Got his name wrong. JC. Uh, said something about me. He said that I always see the best in people and he's never heard me say a bad word about anyone. That's astounding because I'm one of the bitchiest people you'll ever meet in person. But... He clearly doesn't know me at all. I, I always thought I was myself on radio as well, but clearly not enough at all. Uh, this is Talk Sport. You are listening to Extra Time. Will Gavin with you through until six this morning when it is the Alan Brazil Sports Breakfast uh, alongside uh, Laura Woods. Uh, cracking show as always there. Uh, delighted to say now as we look forward to the 100th season of the NFL, we'll be there at Soldier Field on Thursday night as the Green Bay Packers the big, big rivals of the Chicago Bears are in town for the opening game. And joining me now on the sofas in the Acme Hotel in Chicago, our very own Gridiron Magazine's Matt Sherry. Hey, buddy, how are you doing? I'm wonderful, Will. I had a real fiasco with me flight, but I'm, I'm here and I'm happy and I'm well fed. Well, yeah, I was going to say, you, you say you had a fiasco with your flight. You, you messaged me saying, my flight's been cancelled. About 20 minutes later, you messaged me saying, I'm landing in an hour earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it worked out really well in the end. I was, there, was, there was no confidence that my suitcase was going to be there, but then it was the first one off and I just raced out. Sometimes, got- sometimes good things happen to good people. Well. <laughs> yeah, clearly, as you can tell. Matt Sherry from the wonderful city of Hartlepool. If anyone's wondering what on earth that accent's about, if they're joining us from around the world, we've been hearing from people in Australia, in the Caribbean, from all over today, here while we're in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, we're going to look forward to that first game of the season, the Chicago Bears take on the Green Bay Packers. We'll preview the season itself as well. We'll make our Super Bowl picks, maybe our, our playoff picks as well, who we think might end up with the number one overall pick. And those mystery teams that we just don't know how to figure out i think we've got one of those coming up to be honest for you on thursday night but before we do any of that myself i went up to the chicago bears training camp earlier today you, have you been to Hallis Hall before no oh sherry it's a wonderful I place i don't know i'm i'm because <laughs> we're not going to be able to go are we and, and honestly they 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 have since i went like six or seven years ago they've built new training fields a new indoor facility new locker rooms which were some of the most impressive things i've ever seen in my life we got in there we interviewed some players but the man who drove me both ways the man who took me back to my passport and the man who you're all following on twitter at clapper 77 is on the phone for us right now from wisconsin morning to you jc how are you doing sir hey good morning big willie style how are you buddy uh, I'm really well, mate. I'm really well. Uh, look, you've been driving along, and I know how annoying it can be when maybe you're using your phone as the sat-nav and it keeps going off. But how have you been reacting to everybody? Uh, you've, been, you've been trending a little bit on the old TalkSport Twitter. I, you know, the last time I went viral, like I told you, it cost me like a $50 copay at the doctor. So this is something new and, and exciting. I've never had my phone actually go off. I thought maybe something was wrong with it. I did have to... Uh, message you and let me know that my twitter went a different color 
Um, and then it, it doesn't allow me to follow people back, so I'm, I'm learning all about Twitter, but outstanding. All this, and just from having the pleasure of hanging out with you, Will, unbelievable. Oh, stop this, Jesse. <laughs> uh, we've not met yet. I've just landed in today. You are currently part of the latest Will Gavin Ego trip. And oh, good. You're going to have so so many moments like this, and you look back at this and think, actually, it wasn't so great. <laughs> he does have a face for radio, I tell you, if I've ever saw oh, one. Yeah. So, I mean, oh, it's fantastic. I'm just getting buried left, right, <laughs> center here. I'm not a fan of this. I'm like Newcastle, and you guys are Michael Owen. Um, we just, just, I just wanted to see how you enjoyed Bears training camp today, infiltrating it as a Packers fan, uh, an agent from the outside. Did, what did you make of what you saw? Well, 100%, if I can be serious right now, what a fantastic facility. Um, what a, a, just a, I mean, you you told me a couple of the buildings were new because you had been there before, but just to be on the inside of an NFL franchise, um, especially our, our biggest rival, the Bears, which a lot of people don't understand that uh, Packers and Bears rivalry, although it is deep and goes back to distance, it's a, it's a mutual show of respect. Um, you know, starting with uh, back in the day, but all the way with uh, Hallis and Lombardi. Um, it's just impressive to be there. And I was, I don't know, um, did your interview with HaHa Clinton Dix get aired? No, it's, we're planning to air it over the next hour. Okay, I don't mean to ruin anything, but what a, a class act up here in Wisconsin when they did trade him last season to the Redskins. There was a, probably a lot of negativity surrounding him, but... Um, I thought his answers were great and w- what a class act. And uh, yeah, I was, yeah, thank you very much for taking me along. I enjoyed it. Isn't it a real shame when you have to go and meet your rivals and they turn out to be lovely human beings? It is. And especially when uh, my family found out I'm there and I'm not even sure if I have a family to go home to yet. <laughs> um, Everybody You're going to be turning uh, back up in Wisconsin and they're going to be lining the streets booing you. It's going to be the, the, the highest and lowest a human being's been in one night. I know. I'm just glad I'm uh, arriving by cover of darkness tonight. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's making my trip easier. So no, but what a, what a fantastic facility. And, uh, you know, uh, my first time being uh, behind the scenes. And I, I didn't get you in too much trouble, Will. I don't think. No. No, you did, you did brilliantly. You did get told off for taking a photo in the locker rooms, but we'll ignore that entirely. Uh, right, and I did get told off by the same guy for turning my camera towards the drills, which I wasn't aware that I couldn't do, were. but he was right there on the spot. They, I wish I got his name because he's doing a fantastic job for the Bears. <laughs> well, look, uh, JC, I've honestly had the best time with you over the last few days. I really appreciate you coming on and joining us as well. Uh, the clapper man, you've been called. Uh, clapper for president. We've had it all tonight. So thank you, pal. I thought uh, clapper it's... for president. One of my favorite Twitter followers now. Favorite people on Twitter <laughs> of all time. So they do uh, understand that Twitter's keeping me from following them back, right? <laughs> uh, yes, they understand that. I have made it clear. Don't you worry. Uh, look, safe okay. journey the rest of the way up to Wisconsin. Really appreciate your time, buddy. And uh, yeah, just be safe and we'll speak soon. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, we're talking wrestling too today or no? No, not now. We will talk about it later, though, not buddy. Now. Don't you worry. Yeah, don't you worry. We, we, sure we will. That's you. <laughs> You'll be our you guy in the forget. future. I'm here to remind you. I know we're all excited about NFL. <laughs> uh, right, JC, Justin Clapper joining us. Go follow him at Clapper77 on Twitter. Uh, th- what do you mean ego trip, Matt Sherry? This is... <laughs> it is what it is, isn't it? Oh, you are the absolute worst. Uh, right, w- looking forward to Thursday night, kicking off the season. Yeah, I mean, uh, we- we've been working on a little project looking at the history of the NFL, and there almost couldn't be a more suitable game to pick to launch NFL 100. No, I mean... Uh- I, I probably shouldn't reveal this, but I'm, I'm writing a book at the moment on the on the history of the league that I'm officially announcing later this week. Um, so I've spent the, the last few months just nerding out on the history of the NFL, and I'm so excited now for this. I mean, for, for listeners who don't know, the Chicago Bears are one of two teams who were there at the founding of the league and are still there now, along with the Arizona Cardinals. And then the Packers came along the next year, and this unlikely rivalry form between the big city successful team and the Green Bay Packers who were from a town of of 30,000 people at the time and and ended up having the NFL's first ever dynasty. I mean, the Packers are an incredible story. The the only fan-owned US professional sports team, the NFL doesn't allow that anymore but makes an exception for Green Bay. 
there's only one team have ever won three NFL titles on a row, in a row, and the Green Bay Packers have done it twice. The Green Bay Packers have won 13 NFL championships, which is more than anybody else. And they've lived in the shadow of this giant city and the Chicago Bears and this incredible rivalry between the fan bases, but also an incredible rivalry with the respect that JC mentioned there. You know, George Hallis once had to borrow money off the Green Bay Packers to pay the fee for a game in the 1930s. George Hallis repaid that in the 1960s when it looked like the Packers might move to Milwaukee. He stood up in front of a civic dinner in Green Bay and urged them to get behind building a new stadium that allowed the Packers to stay in Green Bay. It's just an incredible rivalry, and it's so cool that the NFL have done this. You know, usually the defending champion opens in that Thursday night game, but for this special season they've done this, and, and I think it's going to be an amazing, amazing occasion on Thursday night. Yeah, that's for me the big thing, and I love that you go back to the stuff. Can you imagine the rivalries in British football if you were to turn around and say, you know, Everton stopped Liverpool from going out of business, or the same for the Manchester clubs or anything like that? Like, that's the level that we're talking about, and yet... They have played more games against each other than any other teams in American football. They are basically neck and neck in those games yeah, the, across the, that the time. The record is incredible. I mean, uh, at the point, well, I think it was the 200th game, there was like points separating their respective tallies over all those games. I mean, it's just incredible. I spoke to a couple of Hall of Famers from the Bears' uh, only ever Super Bowl team. They've won a lot of NFL titles, but only one Super Bowl because the Super Bowl didn't start until until the late 1960s and they said you know this 85 Bears they were they're known as probably the greatest single season team in NFL history and Dan Hampton the, the defensive lineman said to me we were absolutely annihilating everybody that year and the Green Bay Packers were not a good team but we had to win the game right at the end in the fourth quarter and that's what the rivalry is all about the games are generally close I expect it to be really close again on Thursday night and as I say when you factor in the occasion George Hallis who was the founder of the Bears, also basically the founder of the NFL, was there in the room for the first ever meeting of the league. They're unveiling a statue of him in town tomorrow, I think. And it's just going to be an amazing occasion. I'm so glad to be in the city and it, it's going to be awesome. Uh, look, if you want to get in touch with the show, 087172233344, you can text 81089, you can tweet at Will Gav. We're previewing the new NFL season for the next half an hour or so. Uh, we talk about this game on Thursday night, but what's interesting about it is that you've got a guy in Aaron Rodgers who might be the most talented quarterback to ever play in the NFL, but he's been known for being a guy who's a bit of a freelancer, and sometimes that's made amazing, magical, wonderful sporting moments, and sometimes it's made his team find it more difficult to win so he's got a new head coach it's going to be a new offensive scheme going up against a Bears defense which has a new coach in themselves but were amazing last year that battle is going to be fascinating come Thursday night because we don't know what to expect from either no we don't I mean you know the Bears were the best defense in the NFL by a good distance last year but they lost their their coordinator who's now the head coach in Denver Vic Fangio They've brought in a guy who has been an outstanding coordinator of previous stops in, in Chuck Pagano. But, you know, when a coordinator leaves, leaves any, any defence or offence that's successful, there is always a, a wonder of what if. And then there's this marriage between Matt LaFleur, one of the youngest coaches in the NFL, and a guy who, a quarterback, is around a similar age to him. And, you know, unproven coach with a quarterback who's already won one Super Bowl, already got a legacy established, but everybody thinks should have won more Super Bowls and he's getting towards the point in his career especially with the kind of player he is he's not necessarily the as you say well the stand in the pocket guy who can maybe play at least 40 like Tom Brady so you're starting to think that maybe the window's closing a bit on Aaron Rodgers and, and it needs to work you know that that shotgun marriage needs to work um, look, we are going to talk about our rest of our feelings of the, about the league, but Thursday night we'll be there for Talk Sport on Extra Time. I'll be bringing updates, maybe. I mean, Matt's going to be with me, so maybe we'll get to hear from him as well. Matthew Sherry from Gridiron Magazine. You can follow them on Twitter at Gridiron, at Clapper77, of course, as well. We can get him up to 1,000. He's at like 8.50 now. Let's get him there. Um, we will talk about our predictions for the season upcoming. Number one pick, Super Bowl, what, who we think will go to the playoffs, what the storylines we're excited about. 
coming up on the show, we're going to be hearing from uh, Chicago Bears players, uh, Ha-Ha Clinton Dix, formerly of the Green Bay Packers, left there last year to go to Washington, then signed uh, with Chicago. And we're also going to hear from Alan Robinson, who formerly is of the, um, uh, formerly of the Jacksonville Jaguars, played a lot in London. And... The fact that the Bears are coming over to London, when we're talking about this excitement about what a great team they are, and you look at the te- the games coming over to London this year, they're one of the real highlights when they kick us off in week four. Yeah, I mean, they captured the imagination in London in 19, 1986, I think it was. Um, they played the Cowboys in a, in a pre-season game, and everybody thought at the time the Cowboys were going to be the big draw, but actually... It was the Chicago Bears because of that iconic 85 team that I, that I mentioned previously. And as we know, Will, the fan base is very fragmented. You've got the guys who, guys and girls who really got into it in the 80s and then kind of the modern fans. So the Bears are, I mean, they're one of the most popular teams there are in the UK. I would say top five, definitely. Yeah, it's certainly if you look back at those those kind of older fans, those ones who come through. And, and there's a new team there now that is very exciting. We, we've kind of mentioned briefly that great defence. I saw today Khalil Mack at training, uh, working with the new defensive coordinator, Chuck Pagano, looked incredibly relaxed. Today, luckily, was his day to speak to the media, so we went and heard him talking about the fact that his very first game for Chicago was actually going to Green Bay for opening day last year. An amazing game as well. Aaron Rodgers had that amazing comeback, and actually I went to a Buffalo Wild Wings for lunch with JC, a follow-up clapper 77, and uh, we watched that game on replay while we were having some lunch. So uh, put that on in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Amazing stuff. Uh, so, uh, yeah, there is one mention from Peter who just says, the only downside to having a brilliant opening day like that is that there won't be any weather. It's a game that should be played in freezing temperatures it's with true. snow flurries. It will be played like that in Green Bay later in the season, don't yeah, you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, I think what's interesting about the game, you know, you've mentioned the, the obvious big picture matchups, but I actually think flip both teams around. I think Green Bay's defence, which is retooled quite heavily in the off-season and kind of the conclusion of a three-year process of out with the old, in with the new on defence, I think it's going to be fascinating to see what they look like. And Chicago on offence, I mean, Matt Nagy came in last year as one of these young offensive minds from the Andy Reid tree. You know, we've seen Doug Peterson win a Super Bowl in, in Philly and had a great first year, but you ultimately felt like in the playoffs, I always think with those kinds of coaches who draw the best from young quarterbacks who aren't necessarily as talented as the made to look it catches up with them in the playoffs I've seen it I saw it happen in Jared Goff's first full season with Sean McVeigh, and it happened again last year so can Mitch Trubisky the, the Bears quarterback take the next step on on a very talented offense you know they've got all the pieces in place it's just can he take another step forward and become a, a real top end passer because I would say at the minute he's, he's a mid-range 15 to 20 guy who is propped up by a great scheme uh, and we will talk about more about this game later this hour when we hear from Alan Robinson and Ha Ha Clinton Dix and it's something Robinson talked about as I said he's a guy who came from the Jags every single season he was there he had a new offensive coordinator and a new scheme to learn this is his first time in his career he's had the same carryover between two seasons he's got the same quarterback effusive in his praise for how much Trubisky seems to learn day by day so maybe maybe there's reason to be positive um, let's look at actually those London games coming up for this season and the Bears taking on the Oakland Raiders and the Carolina Panthers taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in weeks four and week five. Uh, those are at the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. We went to the facility earlier this off-season, chatted to players there, saw the NFL facilities. It's going to be a phenomenal venue for football. I just wish that first game didn't feel right now so one-sided because I just don't see the Raiders being able to hang with a team as talented as the Bears. But then again, that's the joy of going into the season. There could be some big surprises. Yeah, and Auckland are the kind of team that could actually surprise. I mean, you know, you say you don't think they could, but Derek Carr was an MVP candidate two, two, three seasons ago. He's thrown to the best wide receiver in the NFL who, after whinging about his helmet and having frostbite, is now seemingly ready to go for <laughs> Having the frostbite, by the way, after whilst he was over here, he went to France, went in a cryogenic chamber in the wrong shoes, and it cost him like three or four weeks of yeah. training. You just think, you're one of the best players in the league, maybe don't do something as stupid yeah, as that. Exactly. But they've got another good receiver in Tyrell Williams as well. I, I think... The Raiders, every year, I could probably sit and make a case for every team except the Miami Dolphins to be a lot better next season. And the Raiders, to so me, are one, of the, are one of the teams. Raiders play Monday night, and I'm, I'm going to have drove to New Jersey by then, and I can't wait to sit in the hotel room and watch it because I, I think that 
they're one of the most interesting teams. Maybe by the time they come to London, they won't be, but I think they've got a chance to, to upset a few people. I just think, I mean, you love John Gruden, and, and one of the other teams coming over are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, in that Week 5 game with the Carolina Panthers. I, I'm not as convinced. I think he might be past. I love the idea of him more than reality. What, what I want, ultimately, for people who don't follow the NFL, you know, the New England Patriots have been so dominant now for, I mean, together the Super Bowl this year it's four in a row they've won three of the last five I think you know and the reason for that is that there, there is a massive disparity between the best coach in the NFL in Bill Belichick and everybody else and it was shown in the Super Bowl last year for me I like the idea of a guy who's won a Super Bowl who might actually be able to you know come in and, and help the numbers below that and get and get the league on a more even keel because there's no sport at all where coaching is more important than, than American football and at the moment it's very very top heavy with one guy as the, as the best guy there is yeah and Dowdly moving on to that second game uh, Panthers Bucks Panthers uh, are carried over a lot of talent from last year and they've added on on the defensive line I don't think there's going to be a huge shock of what we see from them it's going to be down to whether Cam Newton really is fully healthy after he had to go out at the end of last season. I think a lot of people have watched their all or nothing on Amazon Prime, so I have a good idea of that team. It's the other team that intrigued me in Tampa Bay because a head coach coming in who's very exciting, a quarterback who's very exciting coming into the league but hasn't lived up to that in Jameis Winston, and kind of it feels like a match made in heaven if it works, but also could end up being quite the opposite. It could, but there is no evidence in Bruce Arians' career that it won't work. And, and I think that, you know, we are just talking about John Gruden there and coaching. Bruce Arians has only ever been a great NFL coach at every level. It took him till he was in his mid-60s to get an opportunity. The only reason he got an opportunity is because he was the offensive coordinator of a team whose head coach, Chuck Pagano, now the Bears' defensive coordinator, ended up getting cancer. And Bruce Arians, with Andrew Luck as a rookie quarterback, led them to 11-5, and the playoffs. He goes to the Cardinals, gets his opportunity after years as a, a very good college head coach and a great assistant coach in the NFL. And he has, he has some great years. You know, he gets... He gets the Cardinals to the NFC Championship game where they were beaten by Cam Newton. You know, everything's coming full circle, I feel, in this conversation. But he did well every year, even his last season, with a team who got the first overall pick last year, very similar personnel. That last season, he finished 8-8 with that team. And that was after he'd had, a, he'd had cancer himself the previous year. You know, he's a great coach who took a year out and has come back. He's known Jameis Winston since Winston was a kid. You know, they, it could be... Winston was a former first overall pick who's flamed out. They, it could be the ultimate revival story for Jameis Winston and, and, and great again for the, for the coaching ranks. Uh, we are listening to Talk Sport. You're listening to uh, Extra Time, Will Gavin, and I've got the man alongside me, Matt Sherry from Gridiron Magazine, as we preview the new season. We'll do our Super Bowl picks, number one overall picks, coming up shortly, but we're just previewing the London games. Those are the two games at Tottenham. Then we come to a couple of weeks later, I think it's week six and week seven, I want to say, or week seven and week eight even, uh, when we go back to Wembley. We've got the Cincinnati Bengals, there's Los Angeles Rams. Uh, last year's... Super Bowl, uh, well, those who were felled in the Super Bowl by the New England Patriots team, I'm sure we'll end up talking about, particularly with Matt Sherry here. Um, there's going to be a lot of focus on two things in their offense. How does Jared Goff react to a poor Super Bowl performance? And how does their running back, Todd Gurley, react to arthritis in his knee? Yeah, and how does Sean McVeigh react as well? You know, this was the... And he still is the hot young coach. He's still, to me, the next Bill Belichick. But... He got embarrassed on the big stage and you, you almost felt like watching NFL films do a great job of showing you the, the mic'd up stuff and McVeigh's chatting to his staff before the game and saying, I can't wait to see what Belichick's plan is. It was almost like he was in awe of him, wasn't it? And, and I think he'll be better for that experience. But, I mean, I've never been sold on Jared Goff and I've, I've been criticised by you boys in the, in the WhatsApp group in the playoffs <laughs> last season. I remember it and, and then... He had a decent NFC Championship game. And I said, well, yeah, fair enough. But then he was awful in the Super Bowl. There's no two ways about it. So big bounce back needed. You know, teams who lose Super Bowls never, ever come back the next season and do something except for last season's New England periods. Now, New England are different to everybody else. So 
rule that out. You look back at the history of Super Bowls, the teams who have lost them outside of the Buffalo Bills in the early 90s who astonishingly lost four in a row, they very rarely come back the next year. So a lot of pressure on the Rams. And, and that'll be an interesting game at Wembley between uh, a coach and his prodigy because yeah. the, the, you know, the Bengals head coach, Zach Taylor, is a, is a McVeigh disciple. So those games are always interesting. Think about last season. The Detroit Lions, terrible football team, annihilated the New England Patriots in week two or three. The Patriots win the Super Bowl, the Lions don't go anywhere. I mean, those matchups between coaches who know each other are often often can go a different way to what we expect. Yeah, that's Zach Taylor, who was the quarterbacks coach under uh, under uh, the Rams head coach, Sean McVay, and has now taken over in Cincinnati. I do feel like even though they always seem to pull something out on the defensive side of the ball, it is a, it is a talent, as talent poor a Cincinnati squad as it feels like it's been there really in the last 10 or 15 years and they feel like they're due for a reset in a really tough division where everyone likes the Cleveland Browns this year you've got the Steelers are incredible you've got the Ravens who with their coaching and with their uh, with Ozzie Newsom their GM always seem to come good and, and you kind of feel like the Bengals are, uh, are damned to have a, a rebuilding season if we're saying it nicely yeah I mean yeah and that has been generous and I mean the Ravens are in a bit of a new regime as well because Newsom's obviously he's outgoing now Eric DeCosta had his first draft but DeCosta is basically Newsom's long time number two so there's a lot of continuity in that building whereas you know the Bengals for the first time in is it 16, 17 years are going to have a new head coach you know Marvin Lewis was the second most tenured coach in the NFL behind Bill Belichick so all change for the Bengals and you feel like all change in a three year plan of trying to get back in and around the playoffs down the line uh, and finally, the last game at London it is the London Jaguars uh, going up against the Houston Texans. Extra wrinkle to this game, really, for me at this point, because even though by week eight we'll have a better idea of who these two teams are, the Texans uh, just made two blockbuster trades. They, they traded away one of their best players on the defensive side of the ball who was due a big contract next year to the Seattle Seahawks in Jadavian Clowney, but then went out and made a big trade for a couple of players from Miami. Yeah, astonishing is the right word. Bringing in left tackle Jeremy T- uh, Laramie Tunsil, who is uh, a, a player who I think has the potential to be one of the very best in the league. Wide receiver Kenny Stills as well, who's, who's very impressive and gave away uh, a King's ransom for them. A couple of first-round picks, a second-round pick. It's clear they've gone in win-now mode. But the reason I say an extra wrinkle here is that I, I'm still, I think, picking the Colts for the AFC South because I really like the coaching, I really like the team. But losing Andrew Luck, who's now retired, has made that division suddenly anyone's to take. Yeah, I, I think the Texans will win the division now. I mean, I don't think the offensive line's going to be fixed overnight, but Tunsil is. Tunsil's probably the best young left tackle in football, and it's such an important position. Deshaun Watson last year... this. this they won the division, the Texans. It's easy to forget that now because the Colts beat them in the playoffs. But, you know, they won the division last year. That was with Andrew Luck there. I really like the coaching in Indianapolis as well. I like Jacoby Brissett, who's going to be the, the quarterback now. But I think that Texans team is pretty loaded, to be honest. You know, that got rid of Clowney because you've got a generational defensive lineman in J.J. Watt anyway. There are other talented pieces on that defence. There's some young talented pieces on that defence. But I look at their offence now. I mean... I can't think of a better trio of wide receivers than DeAndre Hopkins, Kenny Stills and Will Fuller, who Fuller is a frustrating guy because he's been injured in both of his seasons basically halfway through. But his numbers when on the field are astonishing. I mean, this is a guy who runs a 4-3-40. He is lightning down the field. They've got all bases covered. They've got a big, tall receiver who catches everything, a fast receiver, and now a guy in Kenny Stills you can put in the slot. I really like what the, I really like what the Texans have got. And if the, the, the only worry for me is that the trades happen so late, so it might take them a few weeks to come together. And, and they've, they've been a team that, whilst that's added some depth to them, they've been a team that their problem has been over recent years when they've lost J.J. Watt, when yes. they've lost to Sean Watts. I mean, losing a quarterback is always incredibly tough, but they are talent-rich at the top end. They have four or five genuine blue-chip players, but they don't. when you have that... the, the 
kind of the, one of the joys of the NFL because of the salary cap and because of the way that it's structured is that if you have lots of very, very, very good players, yeah. you can't afford to pay in the middle class. average players in the middle. Like, and, can and, you? So and, you end up with a, not very much depth. And, and the most successful team of the era builds around the middle class. The only thing I would say on this division... I wouldn't rule out the Titans or the no, Jaguars either. No, like this exactly. Is, this is one of those divisions where you could show me any order of the four at the end of the season. I wouldn't be surprised. I think it's wide open. Would I be surprised if the Texans or Colts finished last? I think I would by that. It's the only thing. Only thing. If I'm going to call anything. But the, I mean, the Jaguars, you know, it was dysfunction last year. But the year before... AFC Championship game should have won in New England and I really love and that now they've, they've got a better quarterback I, re- I really love that they've tied Miles Jack down to a long term contract as well because it's worth mentioning for them and the Dallas Cowboys who, uh, who re-signed um, Jalen Smith last week as well two teams that took players that had devastating injuries right at the end of college fell from being top 5 top 10 type level best talent in the league to going into the second round and they took a risk and they both paid off and I absolutely love that so that's brilliant stories for those two we will make our picks for the Super Bowl and number one overall coming up shortly and we're going to hear from Alan Robinson and HaHa Clinton Dix wide receiver and safety of the Chicago Bears Sorry, we were just talking about where we watched Ben Stokes innings for uh, for England. Because the thing is, Matt Sherry turned up here uh, in Chicago uh, very recently, just in the last couple of hours, uh, to come and do the show. Well, that's not why he came here. He came here for the opening uh, part of the season. But he came and joined me uh, here at the Acme Hotel in Chicago, Illinois. And the problem is he's been sat here while I've been doing the show, so we haven't had a catch-up. We haven't actually chatted between the two of us. And so he just turned to me during that break and went, where did you watch Stokes? And, uh, yeah, I was just retelling the story I told on air about the pub beer garden. And Sherry was just telling us, where did you watch Stokes? Uh, I watched up until eight down in my house, and then we were going down to a beer festival. And then when it got to 16-aided, I went in the, the pub of the beer festival and watched it on a big screen. Oh, it was amazing. Glorious. Glorious, Fantastic. glorious times. But we're talking about a different dramatic sport because the NFL is wonderfully dramatic uh, and we're going to hear from Ha Ha Clinton Dix and Alan Robinson coming up we've talked about a lot of the stories uh, going into the season so let's get into it who we fancy at the top end who we think can win it all this year I'm going to start off with the New England Patriots they're your team uh, they are last year's winners and they have had this second phenomenal run after that 2002-2005 run we're back on that again the kind of question is, is can Tom Brady at 42 do it all again? But the excitement in this preseason hasn't been about that side of the ball. It's been about what looks like on paper, and we've not seen it competitively yet, but the best defence they've had in years. Since 2004, I think. And the one in 2014 was, was really good. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, you know, I, I usually have a good beat on what the Patriots are and what they're going to be. And last season, I did nothing. There were a a Super Bowl team and then they just flipped this switch in the playoffs and the defence in the playoffs was incredible and and in every game it was you know the Chargers game I think they ended up conceding 20 odd points but most of those were in garbage time the Chiefs it looks bad I think they give up 30 points but they shut them out in the first half which had never been done at Arrowhead in the Andy Reid era also a lot of the points the Chiefs scored were on were on Shaw fields because Brady turned the ball over. I mean, he threw two or three picks in that game. And then, you know, the, the, to win the lowest score in Super Bowl of all time and give up three points against the Rams. And I think they're now even better than they were at the end of last season. They've made some smart additions in the off-season. They lost Trey Flowers, who I love, but essentially replace him with a like-for-like guy who right now might be slightly more talented than Michael Bennett. I mean, I just think they're absolutely loaded. And, and I mean... It, to the point where Brady isn't actually going to have to do that much for them to get back to the AFC Championship game and then you take your chances from there. It's particularly interesting because the talk for years and years about the Patriots has been this idea that they use September almost like an extended pre-season because pre-season football... Yes, you can see how your lower end of your, your... You start off with 90, you get it down to 53 and it's how you make those cuts to get down there. But this is where you see competitive football and often they don't start brilliantly and grow into the season. I'm terrified about how they're going to look from week one this year. And we're going on Sunday night. We'll be there at, at uh, we'll be there up at Gillette Stadium in Boston. 
near Boston, let's put it that way. It's yeah. a little bit like the Jets and the Giants don't really play in New York. Um, to see them play the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the Steelers are another team who are really well fancied. Yeah, I'd, it, I think that could be a great game. I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the Steelers win because the Patriots do often start the season slow. I think what's interesting with both of the, those teams is how they played each other in, in the opening game about four years ago. And it was offence against offence. It was Ben Roethlisberger against Tom Brady. Now both guys are a bit, little bit older. And you see the way these teams have transitioned their pieces around their age. And, you know, the Steelers, for me, are going to be one of the best defences in football as well. I thought that they came on massively at the end of last season. These two teams played a game at the end of last year that the Steelers won 17-10 at Heinz Field. And it was a defensive struggle. And I expect the same again this year. The Steelers... If anything, we're lacking that one piece themselves last year in that middle linebacker, Ryan Shazier, a guy who was going to have that position locked up for the next 10 years, suffered a terrible neck injury, broke his neck, and, and is, is now thankfully walking again but won't play football again. So they'd lost him, but they've, they've drafted a guy who I know really well as a, as a guy who follows Michigan in college in Devin Bush in the first round. And he's been awesome in pre-season. He's exactly what they've been looking for. So... Yeah, I mean, those alongside this game Thursday, that, that one Sunday night really stands out as well. Um, yeah, and I love that Devin Bush pick. Uh, it was just, they moved up to do it and they, they had to pay a lot in the which draft. Which is not something they ever to do. To move up to go, which is very rare for the Steelers. Yeah. But he is that kind of, potentially that kind of generational talent in a position where, because of the style of defence the Pittsburgh Steelers play, which is that zonal defence, you need, ve- essentially it's the difference for those who aren't afraid with the NFL between man-to-man marking and zonal marking when yeah, people exactly talk about man defense and zonal yeah. defense it's where you have an area of the field to defend not an individual and the, the absolute key to that defense is the guy who is right in the middle of it the middle linebacker he has to be fast he has to be able to get all over the field very quickly and that's what they never had and it looks like that might be what they have now shout in from chris who's given us a tweet in saying josh gordon to win comeback player of the year and lead TB12 to number seven. I think you're going to pick the Patriots, I imagine, for the Super Bowl. This is an interesting story. Josh Gordon uh, has been in and out and in and out of the league. What I'll say is that a guy who's clearly had a lot of troubles, the league have really supported him and really got behind him and tried to get him back to a place where he's healthy and ready to go. If the Patriots had had a player of Josh Gordon's quality in last year's Super Bowl... They'd have won by 30 points. Yeah, I think they'd have blown the Rams away. Yeah, because absolutely. the Rams played well defensively, but they just didn't have somebody... When you have a fast wide receiver who can stretch the field and make the opposition defence have to react to them, it's a huge deal. And you didn't have that. Oh, let's add another scary thing to the Patriots. That's exactly what we need, yeah, I, obviously. I, I mean, Josh Gordon, I wouldn't want to detail without looking back at it, but... People can have a look at a profile piece that I think GQ did on him a few years ago. The, the fact that the guy, and he says it himself, is, is still alive with the childhood he had and everything else is, is a miracle. So really, when you read all that, he's had real issues with, and it, it extends just beyond marijuana and things like that that he's been suspended for. He's had real, real issues throughout his life. And, and for me, it would be a lovely story if he did. If you got a, a full season out of him... To, just for listeners who don't know, this guy came into the league and was immediately the best wide receiver in football after six weeks. He is generationally talented, but in maybe seven, eight years as a pro, he's probably played a maximum of eight games in a season because he's been suspended so often. But it's it's the NFL often throws up these storylines because you you get a lot of rags to riches types types of players, and and he's one of them. But really, a, a guy that. The, I, I get that people don't want the periods to be good, but Josh Gordon's a guy who people should root for. The other guy, the other team in the AFC who are really fancied, and there are some other ones we'll, we'll could maybe do a best of the rest, but the other big one are the Kansas City Chiefs. They, they lost the AFC Championship game last year in a very, what ended up being a very tight game. And Patrick Mahomes, I think many people think he's the best quarterback in football now. Yeah, I mean, and, and I, I, I wouldn't dissuade anyone from thinking that. I mean... What he did last year was astonishing. Um, I mentioned writing this book. I've just done a chapter on on the Denver Broncos and Brett Favre. And, and that Brett Favre is who Mahomes reminds me of. Watching back the, the plays that Favre made. It, there was a spell Favre early in his career when he, when he went to the Packers. He won three MVPs in a row. I could see Pat Mahomes doing it. He is... 
he's just a different well, talent. Uh, and we've had the pleasure of, uh, on a couple of occasions, because he was kind. He was fancied coming out of, of college, but he was seen as a guy who was developmental because he, because of the style of team he played in in college, didn't necessarily lend itself to the NFL. The, the fact is, is that we got to know him a little bit back then. We knew, knew his agent, got to chat to him. We've spoken to him a few times on the phone. We've done pieces on him in Gridiron Magazine. He's the cover star of the Bookazine that's out now, previewing the season. Uh, not a word, but yes, okay. Uh, and he is a genuine, lovely, down-to-earth, delightful person who... It's a really interesting situation when he came in. Alex Smith, who was, who was the quarterback there, now has had a horrible injury, um, which hopefully won't completely derail his career but for the second time in his career he's been beaten out for a job by a young exciting big-armed quarterback and talking to Patrick Mahomes Alex Smith this veteran couldn't have been nicer about losing his job because he just wanted to support Mahomes and helped him and made his life better and I think that's a huge part for him I love the Chiefs this year I've been picking them left right and center I mean they're the other team for me it's 1A and 1B and I wouldn't know what order to put them in in the AFC but the Mahomes thing for me is interesting on two fronts. First of all, the cover of our gridiron annual, I'll call it Will for you, um, <laughs> is face of the franchise. Patrick Mahomes is ready to lead the NFL into its second century. And the idea being that this is the future of the league, you know, that, that that's what he is. But also, I think, a, a subplot to the whole thing. And again, it's something from doing this book where you you see these the way these coaches and quarterbacks are linked together. Andy Reid, I think, is about 10th on the all-time wins list for NFL head coaches. And as things stand, is known as a guy who ultimately has never won the big game. He's been in a Super Bowl with the Eagles and lost to the Patriots. He's been in the NFC Championship game and AFC Championship game multiple times. He's now got the quarterback talent to cement his whole legacy because Andy Reid is the 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 best offensive mind in football and it's going to be a lovely match made in heaven to watch them over the next few years we've probably uh, as typical for us gone way too long and, and got and banged on so we're saying those are the two teams maybe three that we like from the AFC so many other teams to mention listen to the Acridine podcast all of the four different podcasts we're doing if you want to hear more on that let's quickly talk about the NFC we've got a couple of minutes here because it's much wider open yeah. I can see so many teams coming out of that I'll tell you the two that I'm really really liking at the moment though I like New Orleans to, to I love the idea of the Chiefs New Orleans the two losing teams from the championship games last year who both felt like they were a little bit screwed over as being a possibility and I really like the Eagles to get back as well because yeah. they've just added depth again I, I love the Eagles I think the Eagles the Eagles, to me, are the best team. I, I actually think Atlanta are the best team in the, Atlanta, in the South. And, the and it gets Atlanta forgotten as well. they had a bad year last year. Horrible injuries. But they had so many injuries. And, and they're still really talented on defence. I'm going to give you another team. The Minnesota Vikings. Ooh. Who have got great wide receivers, a great running back. Always will have a great defence under Mike Zimmer. They'll have a top five defence. But the big, big key is they've recruited Gary Kubiak back into coaching, who won a Super Bowl with the Broncos a couple of years ago. Kubiak is from the the same system as offense, essentially, as, as, as McVeigh's. He was the one before it with Mike Shanahan, McVeigh, Kyle Shanahan. All these guys are from this stretch-running offense. It always works. You know, he's a brilliant offensive mind. And that is what Minnesota have been lacking and they've been closer in the NFC Championship game two years ago. I think Kubiak puts them over the top. I wouldn't be surprised if they were in the Super Bowl. Um, I just want to... I mean, obviously, you mentioned a number of coaches there. Kyle Shanahan. Obviously, the 49ers are going to be great this year as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they are, they are one of the ultimate question mark teams, and there are a lot of them out there this year who sit in that middle range. The Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, we could bang on about this Seahawks for ages. Well. Seahawks are another one. But the Bears will fancy themselves this year after getting to the playoffs last year, after retooling, after a second year in that offense for Mitchell Trubisky. And um, we spoke earlier with Ha Ha Clinton Dix of the Chicago Bears ahead of Thursday night. And I'm, I'm genuinely annoyed at our Super Bowl commentator, Ollie Wilson, for not giving me this line earlier before I tweeted out the video. <laughs> Facing his former team is no laughing matter for the new Bears safety. Ha Ha Clinton Dix. I'm excited about it. Um, anytime you get a chance to go up to go up against a former team uh, with, with guys you're familiar with, man, it's, it's going to be fun and it's going to be a great challenge. 
Do guys like Mitch Trubisky hit you up for any tips on the guys that you know he's going to be facing? No, man, I think Trubisky's ready, man. He's more excited about this game than I am, and uh, he's going to go out there and flourish. I wonder for you particularly making that transition now, you know what this game means, having played on the other side. What's it like now knowing that you're doing the kind of, there will be people on the Green Bay side who call you a traitor. It's a bit harsh, but like, how do you feel about that? Man, I'm excited about it. Um, it's, I'm blessed um, to be able to play for two uh, outstanding organizations uh, in my short career in the league. Uh, it's been amazing, man. I know how much uh, this rivalry means to this franchise, and uh, we look forward to it. Incredible defense last year on this team, and obviously there's a new coordinator this year. You weren't here for Vic Fangio, but from what you've seen as an outsider, have they picked this up quickly? Is it just going to be as bang-bang as we've seen before? Uh, I think so, man. I think we're excited about the team that we have this year. Uh, we're only getting better. Uh, we're going to take it each game at a time and uh, you know, find ways to win ball games and uh, create turnovers. And like your coach was just saying, Coach Nagy said, look, last season you went 0-1, ended up having a great year. So how good is it going to be if you get to go 1-0 on Thursday? Oh, it's going to be great, man. We're going to start each game off. Uh, winning one at a time, and uh, we're going to go from there. Uh, finally, one I've got to ask, because I have to, being from London, that game is coming up a little bit later in the year. Obviously, you're focused on Thursday right now, but has it been something you've thought about in the off-season, the fact that you're getting this international trip this year? Oh, yeah, it's a blessing. Anytime you get to play in London, man, I think it's it's a blessing, man. It'll be an honour to play out there in front of amazing fans uh, who love the, the American sport, so uh, we're excited about it. Are you a soccer fan at all? Uh, no, I wish I played soccer, though. <laughs> it might be a bit easier on the body, right? Of course, man, of course. <laughs> it's tough, though. It's a tough sport. Uh, that's, uh, he was putting over soccer a little bit at the end there, or football, as we would call it. But ha-ha, Clinton Dix. I just wanted to know, because they're going to be playing at that wonderful new Tottenham Stadium, because whether or not he'd seen it, because it is fantastic. But uh, <laughs> I also love that he buried Washington. He's played for three organisations. He said he's played for two fantastic organisations <laughs> in the Packers and Bears who are playing on Thursday night. Look, we've got about a minute here, Sherry. Who's going to be picking number one overall next year? Somebody tweeted us saying, I'm worried that my book's going to be doing it. I'm not sure. I have some faith in Bruce Arians, man. The books could get to the playoffs. The, the Dolphins, it will be a team in Florida. The Dolphins are guaranteed. I, I, I think after making that trade, they, it was like they're looking for I might it. bet on them to, to finish on 16. There's, there's a brilliant the only well yeah only the third team to finish 0 and 16 if they did it having been the only team to win the super bowl undefeated um there is a brilliant quarterback due to come out next year out of alabama tour as i'm going to keep calling him yeah there you go because you can say it not me um there are a few other teams in the conversation but after miami made that trade i think we're going to both be saying the dolphins yeah i mean maybe the bengals but i just the, the dolphins look so bad to me but I'll tell you another one wild card the Detroit Lions. Oh, interesting. Because Stafford, I've heard, is not healthy. Well, there you go. I've heard. Listen to him. Through the grapevine. Through the grapevine. <laughs> uh, Matt Sherry, it's been a pleasure over the last hour. And it's going to be a pleasure hanging out with you for the next week or so. So keep following us on Twitter, at Gridiron, uh, at Will Gav on Twitter and Instagram. We'll have lots of funny Insta stories over the coming days. That was me and Matt Sherry on TalkSport on Monday night. So Thursday we'll be at the game. Follow us at Gridiron because there's going to be loads of great content going up there. And, uh, of course, on our personal accounts as well. Follow the podcast. Lots more coming out over the coming days. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening. This has been The Gridiron Show. All right, we're with second, well, second year at the Bears yeah. wide receiver, Alan Robson. Friend of the show at this point from all his time out yeah. with the Jags, chatting yeah. to us in London. Uh, how are you feeling, man? Feeling really good, man. You know, I mean, for me, um, this is the best that I've felt, you know, in a, in, a, in a whole season or so, you know. So, I mean, I'm feeling good and really excited to start the season. Because you came in last year coming off the back of that injury in the last year in Jacksonville. So, how different has it been having that full off season, fully healthy to get ready for this year? It's been a lot different, you know. I think I think for me, you know, sometimes you take that kind of off season regimen, you know, um, the off season workout regimen for granted, you know. You don't really understand or you know, kind of kind of know how it makes your body feel and how it can help you out until you don't have, you know, last year, you know, missing a big part of the off season, just kind of recovering and trying to get back to one hundred percent, having this off season to really be able to go train my body and stuff like that. You know, I can tell. Oh, a world of a difference from last year to this year. So we're going to get to see a full 16 games, hopefully more with the playoffs, and uh, and then get to see a full season of Adam Robinson. That's, that's the plan. That's the plan. Um, for you as well, being in this offense for a second year, it feels like the first time in your career that you've had that opportunity where it hasn't been spending a summer learning a new playbook, learning new language, learning everything that, that you have to do. How much but 
different and better has that been for you? I mean, it's been it's been it's been very big for me. Like I said before, just 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 having my head in the playbook throughout the course of the offseason and stuff like that. You know, I think it has even helped me to play that much faster. You know, I'm not getting out there. I'm not thinking about too much. You know, I know I know where I want to get to. I know how to run certain routes. You know, I know I know a lot. You know, and again, I mean. Last year and, you know, years prior when you're coming into different offenses, you know, it is it is still a learning curve of, you know, knowing where you want to be at, knowing the timing of certain things, you know. So being able to kind of, you know, have that element from last year to be able to translate it to this year, you know, has been a big difference for me as well. Tell us a bit about Mitch Trubisky, a lot of focus on him going into year two. Yeah, man, I mean, for him, you know, I mean, he's he's really taking, taking a, a step forward each and every day, you know, since we came – since we came back in the spring, you know, and I mean, again, from, from, from any player, you know, that's what you want, you know, again, I mean, you want, you want your players to consistently, you know, ascend throughout the course of the year. You know, I think that we, and I think that's what we've done, you know, as a, as a unit, you know, since we started uh, uh, back in April. So going into this game on Thursday night, Packers, huge rivalry, hundredth season, massive focus on it. Have you been able to avoid all that noise around the outside as you prepare for this week? Most definitely, you know. Um, I mean, I mean, for me, it just comes down. To, I don't, I don't really watch too much TV, you know, when it comes to <laughs> ESPN, and NFL Network, and stuff like that, you know. So, I mean, until I'm, until I'm hearing about it, you know, uh, some other way, you know, for me, I don't even really think about it, you know. I, I mean, I know we're playing the Packers, and I know it's Thursday night, so it'll, it'll be, a, it'll be a big, exciting game, you know. But I mean, again, I mean, I've, I've played in, in a ton of games, you know. I'm just. Preparing the same way, you know, watching a ton of films, standing in the playbook, and just and just making sure I'm I'm well prepared for Thursday. Well, look, you're four or five years in the league, so you know what a divisional rivalry is, but this does feel a bit special, a bit different. I don't know from the outside it does, I don't know if it does for you guys as well. Yeah, I mean, again, we know it's a big game. You know, we know we know the the environment. You know that it's going to be on Thursday. You know it's going to be a packed house. You know we're excited to be in front of our fans week one. You know, so I mean, it's, it's going to be it's going to be exciting. You know, and and it is a lot of excitement and just. Kind of itching to get back out there and yeah, play full contact again. Most definitely, most definitely. I mean, again, I mean, you spent a whole off season, you know, training and preparing for this, you know. So, again, I mean, we we spent, you know, since the end of last year, you know, for this moment coming up on Thursday, you know. So, so guys are for sure ready and locked in and, and ready to go. Uh, Trey Burton looks like might be out for this week. Are you ready if you need to to move around the formation a bit, do some of that crazy stuff that Matt Nagy might call on you to Man, do? I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to to do whatever's in the game plan. You know, again, I mean. I'm just ready for my numbers caught. Uh, so, finally, I've got to ask this question, obviously, considering where we've come over from. The Bears hit the UK in week six this year. We saw you make some big plays at Wembley. Now a chance to do it at that know, beautiful new stadium at Tottenham. Yeah, I, I just found out over the summer that we weren't actually playing in, in Wembley. You know, mm-hmm. so, I mean, um, again, I'll be excited to see the new stadium. You know, I've heard nothing but nothing but great things. But for sure, for me, I mean, excited to be back over there. I think this would be my... Uh, fourth game over there in London, you know, so definitely, definitely excited to get back over there. You know, I've had some, I've had some very uh, memorable finishes and memorable games, you know, over there in London, you know, so it'll be exciting to be back. Think about like that Bills game with that incredible yeah. comeback and back yeah. and forth. Like there been some, you guys have given us some entertainment over the years, so we need Most that definitely. game with the Bears. Most definitely, you know, again, I mean, from, from the, from the Bills game, you know, to, to the um, Indianapolis Colts mm-hmm. game, you know, with us taking the big lead, them coming back, us finishing, you know, for me, I scored touchdowns in in uh, both of those games, you know, so it definitely was exciting, you know, and I'm and I'm very excited, you know, to, like I said, to get back over there and play in London. I'll tell you, Kim Hicks came and saw the new stadium. His mind was absolutely blown by it. You're going to love it. So we look forward to having you back over, man, and good luck for Thursday night. Looking forward to it. Thank you. When you buy car or home insurance, you can choose a free gift with Confused.com rewards, like green flag breakdown cover, a £20 Domino's or Halfords voucher, or a Now TV pass, all for free. But, no but. Because that's what free means. No ifs, buts, or maybes. Don't be confused. Be Confused.com. Available on single annual policies, Now TV 18+, full T's and C's online.